Hello friends, Denny Pruto here, back again with another lesson on an approach to sermon preparation. I'm working through the various steps that I outlined in the first lesson, and the next step is to prayerfully study your text. After you have selected your text, and you've determined that you want to preach an expository sermon on your text, you prayerfully study your text. The text I've selected is Psalm 100, and the first thing I want to do is to carefully go through the text, and if I'm able to utilize the original languages, I go through the text utilizing the Hebrew that underlies the English in our English versions. As I look at the text, I notice first of all that the uh, first line of the text is a psalm for thanksgiving. This is the title that's given to the text in the Hebrew, and it, it does not appear in first, the first verse in the English versions, but it actually is part of the first verse in uh, the original language. So it's a psalm for thanksgiving, or a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. All of the earth is called to come before the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. The word serve here has to do with serving the Lord in worship in the sanctuary. It's uh, very specific in this regard. Come before him with joyful singing. To come before the Lord in the Old Testament was to come before the Lord first of all in the tabernacle, in uh, the uh, place where the sacrifices were given, and on the Day of Atonement where the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat in the most holy place. This is how the people of God would come before the Lord. So this has to do with worship in the sanctuary. Know the Lord himself is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are to know God, not just generally know him, but know that he is the one who made us and not we ourselves. In other words, God is our creator. This is one of the lessons that emerges from verse 3 in the Psalms. We are his people. We are his people by right of creation and the sheep of his pasture. The world is his, and all of the earth is called to worship the Lord. Now this is a matter of interpretation, and uh, some would say that uh, God is uh, uh, the one who rules over us and made us. In other words, he is the one who not only created us from the beginning, but he is the one who recreated us, and uh, this would be part of an, our understanding of verse 3. Uh, but I prefer to uh, put it under the category of his being our creator. This seems to be the emphasis to me in the text, and because all the earth is called to worship the Lord, it seems logical that they are called to worship the Lord because he is the Creator. And then we go come to verse 4. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Enter his gates. The gates would be the gates of the temple, the place of worship. This is the idea in the text. This is where you come before God and give him thanks. And his courts with praise. The courts of the tabernacle or the courts of the temple. You enter into his worship sanctuary. This is the idea in verse 4. And this is parallel with uh, what we have in verses 1 and 2. What we're seeing is that a Hebrew parallelism is beginning to emerge in the text. Verse 5. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Yes, the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. His faithfulness to all is to all generations. The word loving kindness is the Hebrew word chesed, and it has to do with covenant love. It has to do with God bringing people into covenant relationship with him. This is an expression of his faithfulness. He brings men and women faithfully into covenant relationship with him. In other words, he redeems men and women. This is the essence of the text in verse 5. And so we have these pieces of the text. And uh, we do have a genuine uh, alternating parallelism within the text. Verses 1 and 2 have to do with worshiping the Lord in his sanctuary. Verse 4 has to do with worshiping the Lord in his sanctuary. Verse 3 gives us a reason for worshiping the Lord, because he is our creator. And verse 5 also gives us a reason for worshiping the Lord, because he is our creator. And so our study of the text helps us understand uh, the organization of the text and helps us see uh, what the text is really talking about. In verses 1 and 2, worship the Lord with joy and gladness. In verse 4, worship the Lord with thanksgiving. In verse 3, the Lord is your creator. In verse 5, the Lord is your good and faithful Redeemer. Verses 3 and 5 give us the rationale for worshiping the Lord. And so, what would the main point of this text be? The main point of the text would be something like this. Worship the Lord with joy and gladness because He is your Creator and your faithful Redeemer. Or, worship the Lord with joy, gladness, and thanksgiving, because the Lord is your Creator and your good and faithful Redeemer. This is the central point of the text. And the central point of the text begins to emerge as I study the text and understand the organization of the text, and I summarize each of the pieces of the text, and see that in this piece of Hebrew poetry, there is a rationale for what's being uh, said, and I can naturally begin to discern the main point 
of the text. More on the next in the next lesson on deriving the main point of the text, but the important thing to understand here is if you're going to preach an expository sermon, study your text carefully and prayerfully. Discern how the text is broken down into respective pieces. Begin to summarize the pieces so that you can put the text as a whole together under one main point. And uh, as we've seen, this is quite possible with regard to Psalm 100. Worship the Lord because He's your Creator and your good Redeemer. What a wonderful point this is for a sermon as we understand the text as a whole. Thanks for listening.